listening to Rattle and Pedal, diversion thoughts on marketing and growing professional services firms. Your hosts are Jason Malicki and Jeff McKay. Hey Jeff, you ever play Stratego? Oh, many years ago. Yeah, I think I used to like that game. I loved that game when I was a kid. I don't know what I loved about it, honestly, because it's a pretty simple game. But I, you know, I, I think back, and, what, and, and we're, we're going to talk about strategy today. And what brought it to my mind was obviously the name. But then I think it's like you know, you line up all these pieces, and, the, and you can see your pieces, but you can't see your opponent's pieces, and you're kind of trying to uncover who they are. And there's bombs sitting there, so you never know what, when when something's going to kind of wipe you out and blow you up, even when you think you got the flag, and then bam, you're done. So that's actually what we're going to talk about today: <laughs> is failed strategies. Maybe not, maybe not failed Stratego strategies, but failed marketing strategies. Thank you. I, I have this like warm feeling all over me right now. Yeah. That little flashback to childhood. I love that game with the little, around, and, and the two little lakes in the middle you got to get around. Yeah. And, and it seemed, I had forgotten about the bombs, but as soon as you, you said that, it, it was like the ball with the fuse on it. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it has I the little dudes the with the hats on them, like, like the old, like, it's actually like a, a World War One German helmet or something. Yeah. yeah. I love that game. That was always a fun game. So That and Battleship. I yeah, love battleship. battleship. I had an electronic battleship, but you had to hand program in where all your pieces were. And inevitably, you'd spend like 20 minutes programming these things in, and then you would get it wrong and it wouldn't work. And you have to do it all over again. You'd spend up like a two hours in setup <laughs> just to play like a 10 minute game. It was horrible. For, for a little sound effect, right? Yeah, exactly. So like, you bomb. You sunk my battleship. Exactly. So, anyway, yeah, battleship's a good game too. That's, yeah. that's good marketing. That's good marketing. We're still remembering it. We're still remembering it. <laughs> yeah, I guess to your point is, you know, and prepping for this call. And I, so, so the topic is reasoned your marketing strategy is failing. And one of the asks I had of you was like, well, what we should define marketing strategy. So I started doing some research on that. And the definition that I found that I really liked, I cut away a lot of the noise, but it was basically a marketing strategy is a plan for reaching prospective customers and turning them into actual customers. And so to your point, I guess Stratego or Milton Bradley or whoever it was did a pretty good job because you know we were prospective customers at one time and we still have fond memories of being a customer. So- Positive experiences. So that's the definition I went with. I don't know. You have a different one that you prefer than certainly share. It's interesting because I think where you said we need to make this distinction out of the gate. I thought you're absolutely right. I don't know that most people make the distinction or they make assumptions about the distinction. And therefore, people have different assumptions and different starting places or understanding, which could lead to failure, I guess. My feeling is that when you try to make that distinction between a business strategy and a marketing strategy for a retailer, some other kind of standard product-based industry, it makes lots of sense to delineate between the two, you know, because for me, the business strategy kind of refers to the overall plan and direction for a firm. Yeah. You know, the long-term goals of the company. And it looks at the financial dimensions, the cash flow, the profits and all that. Looks at operations, human resources, technology, and then probably would subsume sales and and marketing as well. And how are you going to allocate resources to that, right? To achieve shareholder value, whatever the case may be. And marketing 
would be relegated to what you just said, you know, identifying and getting a client or selling a product, right? So in the traditional parlance, that would be kind of the four P's, product, place, promotion, and Product. Testing, testing, testing. <laughs> Can you get the fourth? Can you get the fourth? <laughs> Place, what promotion, the, and price. Price, price, there it is. Yeah. Right. So that, that delineation makes sense. But in, in my mind, in professional services, those lines are really blurred. Yeah. Because the people are often the product, which really incorporates, you know, the human resources dimension of it. The solutions being sold often manifest in how they're sold, you know, not just that they're kind of turnkey and ready to go. What and then you how you deliver is operational. So, I mean, yeah. it's so hard to delineate between the two because they're they're all linked together. Yeah. And I've said it before, I, I feel like a broken record. That's why the prudent pedal kind of strategy model is molecular. And it's all those things are are interrelated. But I think for all intents and purposes, we're talking business strategy is is the big picture allocation resource across all the functional areas, and and marketing strategy is about identifying, getting, and keeping a client. So there you go, listeners. I gave you a definition. It took me about fifteen seconds, and it took Jeff six and a half minutes to get. <laughs> No, but you're actually right. I agree with everything you said. I'm just giving I'm just giving you a hard time. The, um, you know what I found interesting about this exercise before we get into the reasons that marketing strategies fail in professional services firms was that most of the definitions I found when I researched it felt very like business centric and competitive war game scenario like where it was like how you make yourself differentiated, how you compete against your peers. And I just thought it was really interesting. You think about all the conversations we have about ideal client and the, the, the great conversation we have with Fred Reichelt about, you know, net promoter system and, and customer love. And I, I think it's all backwards. Like at the end of the day, it's like it should be focused on the client and the customer and how you help them. And and your marketing strategy should really be more about that and less about you. Kind of like everything else in, in business, it should be more about your customers and less about you. But I just found that really interesting. Else in life. That. Yes, everything yeah. else in life. And that's everything true. else in life. Less so. about you, more about others. Okay. So on that note, let's talk about it. We're going to use that as the kind of working definition, basically, that we're talking about the strategies that you use as a firm to attract prospective clients and turn them into active paying clients. It's sort of the narrow version of this. But I agree with you that your broader version is true because all this other stuff touches it. And it's not like you're marketing, a, you're not marketing Stratego, right? <laughs> I don't even know if I'm saying that right. Is it Stratego or Stratego? I, don't, I think it's Stratego. I think it's Stratego. I think it's a hard so, G. All right. So let's dig in here. So I came up with seven. You came up with seven. We don't know how many we're going to end up with because we haven't shared them in advance. You want to go first, fire away. And if, and if you hit one, I already have, I'll cross it out. I can't believe that we would share any of these seven in common. <laughs> All right. I want to get one that probably is going to take like five of yours off the table. Oh, wow. Culture. It's going to be culture. No. No. Okay. But thanks for the foreshadow. (laughs) (laughs) My number one, and I'm picking on you, this is probably not the case, but my number one reason your strategy is failing. My strategy is failing? No, that my, my, (laughs) you listeners, you, anyone who who is listening to us, get nervous. 
anyone listen to us bloviate? Number one, you never had a strategy to start with. So you don't have something failing because you never really had anything to fail. You didn't have the basic components of a strategy. You didn't make hard strategic choices with opportunity costs. You didn't identify you know, your ideal client, your target market. You didn't have a deep understanding of the capabilities that you brought, the value that your clients were buying, and how your perspective on the market might differ. Just the basic rudiments. You didn't have a strategy. Therefore, you jumped into tactics and your tactics are probably coming apart and not effective. Yeah, well, that, oddly enough, that was my number one too. So, so hundred percent in agreement on that. I, I wrote, you have a loose collection of tactics, and that's about all you have. You know, and, and I just kind of wrote some anecdotes in there. It's sort of like, well, we're focused on inbound, which basically just loosely means we're going to just throw some blogs and webinars <laughs> out there and see what happens, right? <laughs> like, you know, well, we're focused on referrals. You know, we're going to work really hard to get more referrals. I'm like, okay, well, that's not really a strategy. It's something that you want to have happen and you can enable, absolutely, but I don't know if that's a, a strategy. So yeah, I agree with you. That's a great number one. And it's funny, we ended up in the same place. That is funny. I, I wrote a blog post on this. I'll, I'll put a link into it called, do you have a marketing strategy or a marketing calendar? Yes. Even getting to a marketing calendar is probably more sophistication than a lot of firms have. Well, oddly enough, that was like my reason number two, which was kind of like reason number one is like, it's a loose collection of tactics without really any governance or any plan. Just We're just kind of doing this. And number two is you confuse a strategy with a plan. And it's, I'm gonna, this is going to be a little weird, but like to your point, it's like you have an editorial calendar that says these are the things that we're going to do, but they don't like arch up to something that's cohesive or structured that says, you know, to, like you said, these are the clients we're hoping to attract. These are the central problems they have. And this is how we solve them in a better or unique or different way than anybody else. And all these activities are laddering up in order so that people get that. People learn that and they take that away over time. And they always think of us for that problem. I had a weird stratego analysis in my head, but then we'll go back. We're not going to go back there. So anyway, <laughs> and I don't know if those are really separate reasons, but it's like, you know, you know, option one is like, you've got a bunch of tactics. Option two is you kind of have an editorial calendar, but that's like it. And that's not a strategy either. You normally, you get that when the practice is just say, here's my wish list, and they throw it all towards the marketing team and they just kind of prioritize, all right, we'll do it in this order. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And if we get to that, we'll get to it. Maybe never, yeah. but it's on the list. You know, one thing I liked about what you said, and I, I'm going back in time a little bit, but was that you talked about, I don't think you use these words, but just this idea that strategy is about what you're not going to do, not what, only what you're going to do, I should say. And you sort of reference that, the idea that, and that just comes out of what you just said, where it's like, well, a strategy is about having clarity on saying, well, we're not going to do those things because that's not going to help us on the journey that we're on. All right. So that's two. One was you have a loose collection of tactics. Two was you have an editorial calendar and nothing else. What's your next one? <laughs> Are you going to make fun of me? <laughs> no, you're going to make fun of me. <laughs> this is, <laughs> you're... Culture, culture, yes, to deliver the strategy that you produced. You're going to be proud of me, though. That was on my list. I had culture gets in the way. There are lots of great strategies out there, options. We just talked about strategic choices and opportunity costs and weighing pros and cons of going wherever we're going to focus. And so many firms 
probably have engaged great outside advisors, brand advisors and and marketing agencies and, and things like that, and actually have developed great marketing strategies very clearly delineated differentiators and target markets and all this prioritization. But the problem is that the firm, given its cultural attributes, its characteristics, can't deliver on the strategy. They can't. If it's a thought leadership driven marketing strategy, but they have no thought leaders. Yeah. Are, are unwilling to make a stand and say something bold. A thought leadership strategy is not going to work for you if you have an account-based marketing strategy, but the firm has trouble assigning client responsibility or sharing access to, to clients a, across practices or something like that. An account-based approach probably isn't going to work because people are going to guard those little fiefdoms. There, there are hundreds of reasons that cultures cannot execute given strategies. You have to fit the right strategy with the culture. It's just that, that simple because every firm has limitations. As Clint Eastwood says, a man has to know his limitations. Firms have to know their limitations when it comes to strategy. Because your culture can't deliver even the best strategy a lot of times. Yeah, it's funny because I had, I guess maybe I had a narrow view on that as you were talking, which was that as I wrote it down, I said, culture gets in the way. And, and, And what I piggyback on what you said, what came to mind for me was that most strategies I can think of, and this goes back to your opening comments, rely on some meaningful level of involvement from senior partners and client-facing personnel. It's really hard to imagine any marketing strategy you take forward in a professional services firm is not going to require some meaningful involvement from that. And that we, I just see a lot of cultures where they just don't, they don't understand what's expected of them. They just don't think it's important or they've lived by that mantra of, you know, do good work and good things follow and, and you don't have to do worry about anything else. And that's usually just not true, or certainly not anymore, if it ever was. And so I think some cultures just sort of reward that mindset a lot. And as a result, you know, it's really hard to make any strategy work because I, I have a hard time thinking of a strategy that doesn't involve them in a meaningful way. Not saying they don't exist, but I'm just saying that it's pretty hard to, to, to go far without them because of what you said at the outset. It's hard to distinguish service from sales, from how things are sold to what we're selling, to what we're marketing, to how we're delivering and who we're hiring. It's all a mushy pile. Can I throw in another one? I'm not yeah. sure if it's a a half one that complements yours or it's a, if it's a, a completely different one. But one of the biggest reasons I see strategy fails is leaders don't lead. Mm-hmm. They don't hold their teams accountable to the strategic choices that were made. They don't say no. They don't educate people on the strategy. They don't kind of nurture the adoption of of a strategy, right? And you do that by demonstrating the importance of the strategic choices are made. We will do that. We won't do this. When was that done? When was that not done? Whatever the case may be, being a leader of saying, this is how we're going to do it. And we're executing now. And I'm executing as a leader would execute. 
Instead, they just say, yeah, whatever. Yeah, just this one time, go ahead and do that. And that leads to another time and another time. And then it just begins to to unfold and you just fall back into old habits of I'm going to do whatever. I've got a client call. I'm going to go to this networking meeting. Boom. I call those random acts of marketing and that was on my list. <laughs> and, and to your point, and I think they usually come from the leadership. So, so piggybacking your leadership, they just kind of show up one day and say, hey, you know, I signed a contract to do this feature story in an airline magazine and it's going to cost us 12 <laughs> grand and, and it's coming out of your budget. What? Wait, what? We, we never agreed to that. That was never part of the strategy, right? I, I think it's kind of like leaders don't lead and they, and they frequently do random acts of marketing and, and kind of get in the way of what the strategy is supposed to be. And then to your point, I hadn't thought about it that way, but it's like one random act leads to another random act. Next thing you know, your whole strategy is a collection of random acts. <laughs> and maybe you're back at what, number one, where you have a loose collection of tactics. Mm-hmm. Um, and didn't even know it. And that was the next one on my list. You're listening to Rattle and Pedal, divergent thoughts on growing your professional services firm. Your hosts are Jason Malicki, principal of Rattleback, the marketing agency for professional services firms, and Jeff McKay, former CMO and founder of strategy consultancy, Prudent Pedal. If you find this podcast helpful, please help us by telling a friend and rating us on iTunes. Thank you. Now back to Jason and Jeff. Okay, I've got a few more. How many more you've got? I've got three left. I have seven more. You said you started with seven. How could you have seven left? Wait a minute. Well, I have come up with new ones because if if you and I share the same one, then I I don't want that. (laughs) You're rejecting those? (laughs) (laughs) I'm rejecting all the ones that you had. Okay. You got another one for me here? Yes. You set it and you forget it. Hmm. You come up with a strategy, put a plan together, put a calendar together. You start executing it. And the measure of success starts to become the completion of a given tactic or campaign or action. When really all of those tactics and actions and and campaigns are a mode to learn and adapt and change, refine, you can never just set a marketing strategy and let it run. This gets back to my earlier one about leadership. In the world we live in, as fast as things change and how quickly we can adapt competitors or or our own firms, you just have to constantly have your eye on the ball and learning and adapting. And I see so many firms that don't do that. They don't make adjustments based on the feedback coming in from their own tactics, but also the tactics of competitors or environmental conditions. You can't set it and forget it. I like to work off of 90 days or less, but it's tied It's tied to something bigger that I'm getting to. All I'm doing is adapting how I'm getting to something bigger. Yeah, I think that's the interesting thing about what you just said is that I don't want listeners to mistake what you said because I don't think the what you're saying is that we're going to develop marketing strategy in 90-day sprints where the, the strategy is changing every 90 days and we're all over the map. More it's you're working towards a broader goal, which is, well, I'll get to one of my reasons I think they fail. And you're iterating along the way on how you get there, which is one of the ones I had was, was like, I, I see a lot of places in marketing in general, this isn't just firms, where they think tactics first 
and they, so they, so they do the whole thing backwards. So they'll say, well, we should do some LinkedIn lead generation. Let's do some advertising on LinkedIn and see what happens. How much money should we spend? Uh, let's start with like 10 grand. Okay, we'll see what happens. That's the way they approach the, the task. And, and I always try to push for whenever I can to say, well, let's work backwards. Let's start with, well, what do we really want? Well, three years from now, we want this business to be a $10 million business for us. Okay, now what do we have to invest to get there and how are we going to invest those resources? And sort of get them to work backwards from their desired future state, go backwards into the tactics they think are going to get them there rather than test the tactic and see what happens. And I think you do that in these iterations the way you described it, right? You kind of have this big vision and you say, okay, now I'm going to break this down in 90 days cycles and I'm going to try to, you know, test and learn as I go. When I figure out what's working, then I'm going to go, I'm going to go aggressively as long as it works. And then I'm going to iterate or I'm going to adapt and iterate when it doesn't. That was one I had on the list. I have a couple left. You still have seven? Checking your math. <laughs> My started, list is shrinking. My you list started with shrinking. seven, you ended with seven? <laughs> yeah. Okay. This is one I really like, by the way. I've used this a lot. I call it the partner's boat fund. And so, <laughs> and really what it, what it's about is that, in a, I mean, most firms are partnerships and 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 trying to get marketing resources, you're competing with the the second home fund or the partner's boat fund. And so it's hard sometimes to get to get leaders to appropriately resource marketing because you're competing with reaping the rewards of their past success rather than investing in their future success until it gets too late. So they, they behave this way until all of a sudden bookings are down, pipeline is soft. And now they say, oh my gosh, we got to put some resources into marketing, but now it's a little bit too late. And so you're now in panic mode and you're in panic mode trying to figure out what to do at a time when the mandate is we need to stay lean because it's looking a little soft, you know? So you're kind of like in the double whammy when that happens, but it all roots back to this idea that you're sort of competing with other priorities that are frequently more salient because they're personal priorities, (laughs) if you will. So I love that one. I use that one a lot. Yeah. Nothing like insulting potential clients. <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was like a, a, a Jeff reason right there. That would be something I would say. That's not something that comes out of you. You're, you're much nicer and more emotionally intelligent than I am. Uh, but, just, but it is real. And, it's, it, and it, is, yeah. it is a way to look at one of a major reasons these fail. And it was on my list. The resources are not committed. And, and you can clearly see, depending on the size of the firm, if we invest, you know, $50,000, you know, that could just drop to the bottom line this year or pay for my boat or, or whatever the case may be. It's easy to see that. And it's easy to make that decision often because so many of these marketing investments don't have clear attribution metrics that that draw a line of sight to invest 50 get 250 back in yep. 2 months. I would take it kind of beyond just the straight money should I go to this event and spend 50 grand as a sponsor and travel expenses or let that drop to the bottom line, but it's it's about resources of all kinds. I mean, we're talking do you have the right people, right? Do you have the right digital people? Do you have the right content people? Do you have the right sales enablement people? Whatever your strategy is, do you have the resources to execute that strategy from a sales and marketing perspective? And most people might 
be inclined to spend, well, I'll spend the campaign dollars, but I don't want to spend it on a person because a person is harder to get rid of and, and harder to control, takes longer to get to, you know, those types of things. But if you want to execute a strategy, you got to put the resources against it. If you're in the line and you want to grow a particular practice and you need certain thought leaders or project managers or client relationship managers to, to execute on that, you don't hesitate to throw those in to support you know, that from a, a, a business strategy. You shouldn't do the same thing to marketing. Yeah, no, I agree. It's it's broader than money. It's definitely, you know, resources in general. And I, and I just do think that that's frequently strategies, they just get under-resourced. I mean, it's just it's just that simple. I and mean, like you said, it's 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 people, the right people. It's all kinds of other other ancillary things that you might need to be successful. Sometimes it's just as simple as time, as crazy as that is, but like it's like you just don't allocate the the valuable resource that is time. That kind of circles all the way back to that thing we talked about as it relates to culture, which is that you don't value it is a priority, hence the, the the senior leaders that you need to get involved just don't create time in their schedule to, to get involved because they don't. it's not seen as a priority. So that's an under-resourced problem as well. I want to build on something you said really quickly yeah. because you mentioned this just in passing, but you mentioned the rewards in the firm. Yeah. I think it's another major one. Rewards have to reinforce these behaviors to allocate the resources to lead accordingly so the, the, it fails because there's a lack of, of clear rewards. Yeah. Rewards tied with the right behaviors yeah. to produce success. You know? yeah. And as I talk about, you know, about the BS of PS, they're, they're often competing metrics and rewards. Well, if I, if I don't spend that money, I get the boat fund. But if I do spend that money, you know, maybe I'll get something, you know, yeah. and, and, and there's hundreds of those types of things going Maybe on. Maybe I'll get a bigger boat in three years, but who knows? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll never get my boat, right? So yeah, see, you, you like the boat fund, don't you? I need like I the- do like the boat fund. <laughs> I actually, we've burned through almost all of mine. I have one left. How many you have left? One. Okay. You want to go first? You want me to go first? No, I started. I'll finish. Okay. No, you go ahead and go. Okay. Their strategies I said are too me too. They spend too much time thinking about what their peers are doing and trying to mimic that or imitate it or do something similar to what they're seeing work elsewhere. Kind of comes back to something you and I talk about. They're they're fixated on quote unquote best practices and looking to see what their peers are. We have a a prospect right now who's he's asked me three or four times, you know, can you give me benchmarks for conversion rates up and down the funnel for my peers? And I mean, technically I can, but I'm like, that doesn't mean that those are the right ones for you. Your strategy looks different than their strategy. And so your your benchmarks and your version rates along the funnel are going to look different than the ones that are your peers. So I think that happens a lot. You, you see it a lot, like just, just too much fixation on our standing relative to our peers and not enough focus on really taking the time to research and, and unlock unmet client needs to learn something no one else knows about your clients and to come up with solutions to the, their problems that no one else has. So kind of the essence of, of, of strategy development. That's a good one. I'd flip it or supplement it. You spend too much time or you don't spend enough time. Yeah, that's another point. I could right? see. I, I thought you might go there, by the way. Yeah, we don't care. There is a balance. It's a gray area. And the firm has to figure that out for itself. What's the right balance? But that is a phenomenon of the first thing that we talked about. And that is, you don't really have a strategy. Fair point. Because if you really had a strategy, you'd bake into that, the competitive set and what it, what you're looking at, how you're differentiating against it, 
you'd have the feedback loop that would see how what you're doing is making or not making an impact accordingly. You get preoccupied with competitors when you don't have a real strategy. Yeah, that's a fair point. We could actually make the argument that all of these roll up to that first one and just and just be done with it. There's one reason your marketing strategy is failing. You don't have a strategy. <laughs> It'll be a 30-second podcast. <laughs> Do we have any examples? No. <laughs> all right, you have one left. And if I've counted this out right, I believe we have 12. And I will try to rattle off all 12. Oh, wow. When we're done here. We'll see if I can do it. All right. This might be a good one to, to end on. Let's say that you avoid all of the bad behaviors that lead to failure, the 11 before my 12th one. If you have a great strategy and you're doing everything right, the thing that you want to avoid or what will cause a strategy to fail is to give up on the strategy too soon. Mm -hmm. You could be doing all the right things. You may not be seeing the level of traction that you want in the time frame that you want. That does not necessarily mean that your strategy is failing. There are no shortcuts to growth and the building of preeminent brands in professional services. It is hard work and it takes time. And so often leaders see other firms overnight success, if you will, because they pop up on a list or they win, you know, some competitive RFP and they're like, where, where'd they come from or whatever? Like there's some overnight success. There are no overnight successes. They're all, you know, playing in honky tonk bars and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, two drunk audiences and, and that type of, of stuff until they get the break, but they, they're practicing every day. They're developing their new yeah. songs. They're coming up with their distinct voice, and then it pops. You have to stay the course. So many firms get tired of hearing their own marketing messages that they think it's time to change them. That's the moment that the market is just beginning to hear them. So you cannot give up too early on your strategy. One of our guests that was on, Dave Patnayak of Jump Associates, the essence of their firm is future-focused strategy. And one of the things that they talk about is taking a longer-term view and giving yourself more time to work it out. And the example that gets brought up in this context a lot is Amazon. And one of Bezos's founding beliefs was when you compete on a seven-year time horizon, you shrink the amount of competitors for what you're doing because most companies will give up after three. If it's not working after three, they're out. But if you, you know, hang, if you say we're giving this thing seven years to work, then all of a sudden the competitive set shrinks dramatically. So that came to my head as you were talking, this idea that just like most of the time, People just, they, they cut short too fast. Okay, I'm going to do the rapid fire recap. Can I get it right? I think there's 12. We'll see how close I come. Okay, number one, you don't have a strategy at all. You just have a loose collection of tactics. Number two, you have an editorial calendar, but that's all you have. You're confusing a plan and a strategy. Number three, your culture doesn't match your strategy. I called it your culture gets in the way, but I like the way you did it better where it's like, these two things need to be kind of tied at the hip. You can't execute on a strategy that your culture is not ready for. Number four, leaders don't lead. So they 
I can't go deeper than that. The leaders don't lead. <laughs> five, number five is random acts of marketing get in the way, largely brought down by leaders. So leaders can introduce things out of the blue that, that toss you off course and actually take you back, back to number one by accident because they put so many into the system that you end up with a loose collection of tactics. Number six, you said it and forget it. You don't learn, you don't learn and adapt along the way. Number seven, they think tactics first instead of goals first. They don't, they don't work backwards. Number eight, the partner's boat fund. You can't, you can't beat the partner's boat fund. Number one, nine, you lack rewards. Number 10, so you spend too much time fixating on competitors. Number 11, you spend not enough time fixating on competitors. <laughs> and number 12, you give up too soon. So that's 12 reasons your marketing strategy isn't failing. Drop the mic, call it a day. Well done. <laughs> this was fun. Thanks for doing it. Now leaders go out there and lead. <laughs> yeah, go yeah, go out there and lead. Make it happen. That was a fun conversation. It was fun. I'll talk it was to you so negative. Week. <laughs> well, next week we'll do all the reasons your strategy is failing, or not, or is not failing. We're not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. We're not doing that. But, <laughs> but yes, it was so negative. See you, buddy. See you. Thank you for listening to Rattle and Pedal, divergent thoughts on marketing and growing professional services firms. Find content related to this episode at rattleandpedal.com. Rattle and Pedal is also available on iTunes and Stitcher.